0: Hello, Robbie. Yes,
1: hello. Hey, yeah, this question of abiding versus obedience has uh, been running through my head, and it feels like there's something very profound here that I want to try and understand better. Uh huh. So in particular, yeah, it was just,
2: uh, go ahead, go with your question, yeah.
1: No, in, in particular, I mean, Discovery Bible Study has always been very focused on this question of obedience and given that you're someone who's a big fan of it and deeply involved with it it was interesting to see you kind of uh straying from the party line as it were uh i just wanted to understand
2: Um, yeah well i connect with uh the distinction eric made at the end of the study last tuesday that jesus tells peter to feed his sheep but that doesn't extend to directing what john is to do or even questioning what john hears you know what jesus tells john to do and uh so part of it is the really said that, that's the first thing that comes to mind is the distinction between um trying to direct others and creating an environment where they receive direction from jesus um and the, i I chose carefully the phrases in what i wrote I, if you're if, if or um, is it appropriate to relate to to talk directly from these two phrases i had work at changing ourselves and others into what makes sense to us from what scripture tells us God expects of us uh figuring out what God wants is one way that i a phrase that i hear that to me Uh, is leaning on our own understanding in a way that I'm backing away from. But it's been characteristic of 40 years of the way that I've interacted with the Lord and others. Um, the, The DBS, to me, creates the environment where people can hear more directly from Jesus what he wants them to do. And I think it's very important that we obey what we hear from him but that doesn't mean I can tell you that this scripture means that you need to do that.
1: <laughs> okay. So
2: which is obeying what we with, hear
1: the oh. spirit tell us through scripture.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah. And for the North American context, I'm very comfortable with the word applying, um or following. I actually like follow best because that's a relational term.
0: Uh, Right. um, Right. Certainly,
1: certainly, uh, obedience is a stronger term that than applying. I would argue that obedience is a stronger word than um, applying or following.
2: I'd also say it strikes me. No, I I I think that's correct, and I think obedience is a stronger term i think the prevalence in the new testament gospels and jesus's words if there's significance to that to me weighs heavily on the side of uh follow in a relational uh, becoming like jesus through walking with him not through our effort to identify what he's like and make ourselves over into that but when he says follow me and i will make you fishers of men he's taking on uh, a responsibility for like parenting, fathering us, as you've talked about.
1: Yeah, so I agree that uh, if I was standing there in first century Jerusalem and Jesus would follow me, it'd be really obvious whether I was actually giving up my home and my family and my profession to physically follow him around the countryside. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it is. Um, um, Less obvious what that word means now, which I think is why it uh, feels
0: yeah uh, and end. you know
1: i i I'm also reacting a bit because you know people got burnt out on the word Christian, and so suddenly everyone was trying to push this idea of a Jesus follower um, yeah, yeah, which you know I appreciate the the sentiment, and I was probably part of that for a while, but as I've complained many times, you know lots of people follow Jesus just to get bread, mhm. And so that's where I see that that was where the word following um, felt underspecified to me.
2: Yeah, in uh, John twenty one, the passage you guys dealt with, at the end, uh, and Jesus says, "What is that to you? You follow me." Uh, it's yeah. It's not so. He, we have Peter uh, following Jesus now, with Jesus ascended and you know out of the picture there's still that following that happens even when it's not so obvious how that
1: happens. Yeah. And and it, it is very unclear what it means in that context.
2: Right. Cause mm-hmm. he's not walking around Galilee anymore.
1: Well, he, he is for a little while longer, but then he's floating up in heaven and yeah. Jesus, Peter does not immediately follow him up into heaven when Jesus goes. Right. so, right. Yeah. so yeah. So the, the, the sentiment uh I approve of it's just the phrasing I, I just find underspecified um, Okay. Cool.
0: and
1: the um the um I guess the word follower has a slightly stronger sense than follow it hasn't been as quite quite as corrupted by social media perhaps as the, as the verb is um
2: yeah, I, uh, you know, I don't interact with uh, social media enough to uh, have, have even thought about that uh, association with the word until you mentioned it a, a day or two ago. Uh,
1: yeah. Um, so that you, you know, there's certainly the the I agree. Pre-social media, the idea of following as identification with uh-huh.
0: um,
1: that I'm identified with this. I am a follower. I am counted with them. I suffer. Uh, yeah. When, when they are when they suffer and I rejoice when they are glorified. I think that, <laughs> yeah. that probably, yeah, that, I think that sense, I think I can see it's probably closer to what you're saying.
2: Well, if we, the problem is we're working in English. If we were just to uh, transliterate the Greek maybe and use that as a new word to our vocabulary that has biblical meaning it wouldn't be in conflict with the contemporary social meaning.
1: Right. I mean, um, that's why the Catholic church did everything in Latin for a few hundred for several hundred years is it helped them to define the usage. Um, and replacing uh-huh. English is on my list of things to do, but not uh, this quarter. Um, but yeah. it, it's good for me to just understand, and well, I wanted to do this conversation Mark, to work, which just kind of think through what we're trying to say. So the, uh, when you hear, when you think of following Jesus, if it's not the trips around the countryside with him, what exactly is it that makes it following? Uh,
2: well, hear and follow as a coupling, uh, as a pair of verbs, uh, to me that's developed in John 10. Uh, twice Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice and follow me, there's slight variation on that. The one he calls them out of the sheep pen uh, suggesting that uh, following him doesn't just keep us in places of comfort and security, but um, the, you know the calls. And it's uh, interesting the uh, in almost most. Let's see, there are about ninety places where the phrase "follow me" occurs in the Gospels. Uh, in the two that reference um, Peter and Andrew being called as fishermen. It actually uses a different phrase in the Greek, which is come behind uh, come behind me. Um, mm. So there's that slight nuance. I'm not sure, you know, uh, Eric is our Greek expert. I just can look up a Greek word and trace mm. it through. But um, the other thing that's interesting to me again for Eric is the word follow has a Greek word, but the me and follow me, uh, is implied somehow there's not a separate Greek word listed. Well sort of the with...
1: imperative follow.
2: Yeah, yeah, just follow. Um and uh, uh may I've lost track of your question,
1: but yeah so I, the one thing that struck me when you said that the hearing follow uh to me conveyed the sense of follow instructions. Right? It's one thing to hear the instructions is another thing to follow the instructions or commands or or things like that.
0: In well, that, that could be.
1: Follow, yeah. A bit, uh, and certainly, that that the to hear and follow in that sense certainly is very analogous to obey. Uh
2: huh. Yeah. I uh, when I interact with it these days, I am drawn to the idea of hearing and following a person. Jesus calls us out of the sheep pen, and we follow him. It's not, give a, he doesn't give us a list of instructions to follow where uh, mm-hmm. I think both the model that he gave uh, illustrated with his life. And the, uh, it'd be interesting what Eric gets out of the Greek if there's a some support for, and there was a point at which given the Matthew 28, you know, teach them to obey everything I've commanded. Most translations, I think, are teach them to observe uh, and I'm not sure. Be observe You can um, give respect to a member of Pirates of the Caribbean. Probably uh, the guy. The uh, rule. Uh, pirate rules are a guideline, not. You Wasn't know.
1: <laughs> well, well, so, expecting the Pirates of the Caribbean reference from you. That was a. That, 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 that was a. Prize yeah. in the <laughs> field, but. Uh, I, I do. have yeah, I, I get do you have, there. Yeah. <laughs> now the, yeah. um, okay, The so the bit about following, and so I, I want to, to one point you made though, is that to seeing following as a relational thing with Jesus and not as a list of instructions, that part I get, but in this context of DBS, my understanding is that the, the whole point of the format is to actually hear something concrete from the Holy Spirit that we then commit to obey. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, so I've most, I've engaged for 40 years with the scripture as a set of principles and rules that I can understand and apply in ways that make sense to me. And it recently, just, I don't know why I didn't see this long before, but if the disciples had only done what made sense based on what they knew, they wouldn't have gotten where they got when Jesus Mm. says... Yes, you're not on the right side of the boat to catch fish. It's not because they think, based on our experience and our knowledge, and I mean, by that point Peter could say, "Well, because of my knowledge of Jesus, uh, I'll do this." But he didn't know it was Jesus standing on the shore until after he'd done it. Uh, and of course, the first time when he, uh, Jesus put out with him in the boat after talking with the crowds, and he said, "I've fished all night, I haven't caught anything," uh, so the, the Jesus Leads us in the scriptures, it appears that Jesus leads us in ways that don't make sense to us until we've followed him in them. Um, rather than just calling us to do what makes sense to us, if you follow that distinction. So for me, that's been a very significant observation. It's changed how I, what I'm, what I, that uh, the Holy Spirit might say to me that just don't, you know, don't make rational sense necessarily.
1: Right. So so I, I get the bit about moving away from rational calculation and figuring out to mm-hmm. just hearing from the Holy Spirit. And but I mean, to me, that actually seems to argue toward something like obedience and away from something like applying.
2: Okay. Yeah, and I'm not uh, I'm not too hung up on the word. The, re- uh, the reason I suggest applying versus obedience is because of the cultural reaction against obedience. It's kind of like uh, the word "follow" is misunderstood, uh, or can be right, misunderstood.
1: Well, right. So I the, the so I mean the the goal is to try to figure out what is the right. What are people so I get the um, cultural reaction against obeying human authorities. Yeah, right. Yeah. And that, I think, is a perfectly understandable thing and something that needs to be honored. The but the the whole point is that if we're obeying what we think God is saying, there's no other human authority in, in the space here. In that context, yeah. my sense is that any reaction against obedience is actual carnal resistance to obeying the Spirit of God.
2: Yeah, yeah. So that's worth that. confronting. Right, and rebellion yeah. is a core uh, problem that we're dealing with, so, yeah.
1: Yeah, and you know, and I, I want to honor that distinction, right, because it is easy to say, well, if you're rebelling against me, you're rebelling against God. Uh, right. But uh, realizing that that's actually not the case is, is hard for me as a father, but I'm trying to work my way <laughs> towards that. And even in the group, uh, it is really interesting the dynamics of our group is that it is, um, it is oddly anarchic in the sense that there isn't any particular, and and it's uh, occasionally annoying and frustrating for everyone, but I think it's actually the right design problem because if we can figure out how to get a bunch of anarchic, overeducated, hyper-spiritualized Silicon Valley entrepreneurs, to submit to scripture together, that will actually be something useful and replicable. Yeah. So. Hey. Uh, oh. Sorry.
2: Oh, well, I have an unrelated point, but I don't want to shut the. Uh, I, I finished my point.
1: point. So you, you, you can uh, finish okay. my point. You can go on.
2: Yeah. Well, so um, uh, continuing a little bit with what we were just talking about. Uh, if I can get you to be conscious of the phrase figure out, I'd like you to help me understand what you mean by it. If it's something other than the reason human reasoning process, which I think is distinct from receiving the flow of the Holy spirit speaking to us, the Rhema word.
1: Yeah. I mean, and this is just being honest where I'm at my experience is that in order to um do what god wants me to do requires a combination of grace inspiration and hard work
0: okay i'll buy that so
1: and so the um, um, i probably have the proportions wrong but the the sense is that like god says something uh but then trying to figure out what he means by that, and unlearn the ways I naively interpret things. what I mean, I think right out.
0: Uh huh.
1: And so, it's not the same thing as obedience, but it's a right. useful precursor to unlearn things and reframe. So, just another point I wanted to discuss with you was this idea of abiding. Uh uh-huh. And I, I, you may see I've been playing with the word abide and obedience. And I personally have been, I realize I tend to have them in two separate buckets.
0: Yeah. And uh, the body is an kind
1: image. of in, yeah. It, maybe,
2: of. It's, maybe this illustration gives us a practical place to look at. You and I have talked some years ago about how to love our wives better. And um, I put a lot of energy, I would say, into figuring that out and didn't, Feel like I broke through um, more recently. Actually, since the uh, Bible study a week ago, two weeks ago now, tomorrow, um, where we were with uh, Jesus and Peter interacting, feed my sheep, feed my lambs. Um, uh, the something in that um, crystallized or or deepened my sense that for me fundamentally there's this issue of getting my focus on Jesus um, more. I feel like I can identify with Peter in some ways of, you know, Peter was going to go the whole distance with Jesus. He said, I'll never leave you. They'll never betray you. And uh, yet he did. And so here, and just before where we picked up the story, uh, he goes back out to fish. It's, it's kind of, to me, says, I, I failed and I'm just going mm. back to what I know. anyway um so uh since that study I've just been focused a lot more on hearing and following Jesus and I've started going for daily walks uh extended you know an hour typically or more this morning and uh just trying to like I, this is where I I started off my Christian walk in the, when I first came to the center and decided I was going to pray in every dollar I needed rather than ask for support and just see how, if God mm. could really provide for me the way he provided for others. And it was an amazing experience for a year and a half of, you know, miracle after miracle. But, uh, and then, uh, Lord, finally, I felt like God spoke to me very clearly that I had, he had allowed this for a time, but that wasn't what he wanted for me. I had chosen it, and I hadn't asked him so mm. um but uh anyway, I, during that period, whenever I was either feeling concerned, anxious, worried about finances or I had no debt you know a bill I couldn't cover, I would just go walk and pray and sing until I felt peace and joy, and then God would provide some Unexpected way you no. Know, so I started doing that Just to get my focus back on Jesus And Yay. I think I You may have heard me mention Over the last year I started a Mark Merkler As a simple way yeah. of, he, he recommends for hearing from God and So I began mm-hmm. applying that And uh, the very unexpected Thing I felt like Jesus Said to me and it continues you know, I continue to believe it was Jesus speaking to me uh, Robbie, for forty years you've uh tried to do everything you can for me. but that's not why I saved you. I I died for intimacy with you, for a deep relationship. And yes, we have things to do together, but that doesn't come before the relationship, that comes out of relationship. So, um, this is where I am. Anyway, the real relevance then to with Jackie, so I've been asking uh Jesus, how can I love my wife better? And I'm yeah. hearing things that I haven't said so today we, you know, we're, we're actually in the process of uh, trying to buy a home closer to Becky Lewis, whether Ralph Leonard's daughter, mm. who was a student at Caltech and her husband, Tim, yeah. um, who was head of frontiers. They live an hour North of us and they're developing a community focused on the same things we are. They've been urging us for several years, but now we feel like it's the right time. So, we're in this process but uh jackie approaches things differently from my, how i do and we keep okay. butting heads over you know uh is this the right next step and uh, but i felt like just an hour ago i felt like god gave me out of the last inner frustration interaction gave me a fresh insight that jackie is an amazingly competent person who has a special gift in being able to see the whole process from beginning to end, where well, I stumble my way forward. I take a step forward and reevaluate another step forward. So she mm-hmm. sees the whole process. She's also gifted to see the pitfalls and the dangers and the risks. And so when I uh, just propose a step, I almost always get pushback and uh, <laughs> whatever it, it feels like any initiative I take so I'm. That's as far as the conversation with the Lord has gone. But I'm just asking Jesus. You know, how how do I love my wife in this kind of context, and how can we work together better? And uh, it's different for me in my mind. This is very. This is different. Asking Jesus for revelation is a different process from uh, just following the rational logic and figuring it out in the way that I have. So if, if I, I don't know if that's. It makes if that's what you get out of that,
1: and I totally hear you on that. I think that, um, well, here's the uh, here's exactly the practical application of that. So I think it's um, actually you're right. It is more important to abide and to experience and to hear from God uh, than to figure things out on our own. Um, Okay. The Uh, But the challenge, so this is exactly the thing. So I received that uh, as sort of revelation and and acknowledged Uh it as the truth. But then the traditional mode of discovery Bible study is very much focused on the understanding and remembering and living out peace as opposed to, say, kind of the soaking worship school uh, Uh that my charismatic friends go to, right, where they just sit there for an hour and just sit in God's presence. Yeah, yeah. You know, which is a good thing, and I've, you know, I've enjoyed that, and in different seasons of my life, I've spent a lot of time just sitting around just soaking in worship. Um, Uh But then the question of how does that mesh with or inform the way we do discovery Bible study, that I think is something that we have to figure out. Is yeah, something okay. that, 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 so that's what I mean. It's the, the working out of practice, and the I, I'm certainly willing to plead guilty today. I spend more time figuring out things that uh it would be more effective for me to just listen to God, but you uh, know, I have occasionally yeah. been in situations which are be the other way around, you know, where ben,
2: I, I, I don't want to make a false dichotomy uh, between the two, I think there is some some distinction, but I think, you know, when I'm out walking and trying to listen to Jesus, there's a, a flow of thoughts that uh, for me, it's not clearly separable from my reasoning. Um, mm-hmm. and I've actually, I've actually been, you know, reflecting on what uh, I've been learning in the process with you and, um, what Sean uh, set, has, stuck back, has put together with this, uh, the Bread Global as a yeah. Zoom conference and uh, commending to others this kind of a pattern, uh, the, the pattern that you've worked out and using what he's got available. So these these are things that, in a sense, I'm uh, you know I, I couldn't tell you whether I'm figuring them out or I'm receiving them uh, because the two seem to kind of blend uh, at mm-hmm. times.
1: Yeah, for me, the decision is really when like, when I have an experience of God. And that's one thing I want to definitely stress more of, is having a direct experience of God and really trying to hear from him and just feel his presence and even just see his face. That is, I think, needs to be at the core of what we're doing. And everything else in some ways is, one, setting up the conditions for the people to have those encounters. But yeah. the second part of it is once you've had that experience of God, Uh, There is a figuring out of how to fit that in with the rest of your life. Right. That is the thing that is uh, necessary to create sustainable behavioral change is to say, oh, because of this, now I need to stop doing this and start doing that. And, oh, this thing that I used to do is actually inconsistent or not really aligned with this thing, experience I had of Jesus. I need to actually figure that out. And I think that yeah. the, um, so I think there's a place there in between sort of epiphany and implementation or figuring out is useful. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the thing that I really wanna do is a, get better at that and you know, hopefully create the sense where we can start modeling that. Cause it's hard to mm-hmm. explain because when we hear things explained, we just tend to fit them into our existing categories. And yeah. we need to create some new categories for how we interact with scripture and God and each other. So, anyway, this was helpful. I may, or may, I may not, I probably, I'm tired of preaching the format. I may wait until after Tuesday's sure. session and then on Friday we yeah. can take another run of things.
2: Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm wondering if there isn't some phrase though, besides figure out that uh, is more. Uh, even if it's not uh explicit um, um has some uh, clearer involvement of the holy spirit and and uh, li- interaction with jesus around something rather than to me figuring out as an independent process and that may mean that may not have that connotation to you that's that's where I get stuck with that phrase
1: yeah, I mean, you know, it, 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 it is right i mean this is the The, um, to me, it is precisely that when I have these encounters with Jesus, in some ways they're very de-individuating. Like I'm just Uh sort of lost in the cosmic wonder of who Jesus is. And other other ways they're deeply personal. Like, I feel like, you know, I am totally seen as an individual with God. Right. Uh, But but it it is very much a passive receptive thing. Um, Whereas when I am figuring it out, there is aspects of that, which are really like, this is what, these are the furnishings in my head of my yeah. life and my beliefs and my behaviors. And I need to take some authority over my own dominion to like tidy up the place for the Holy Spirit's visit. And there's lots of wrong ways to do that, but I think there's uh-huh. also some necessary ways to do that. And yeah, Anyway, the word "aria" oh, is not actually in any of the the documentation so far, but um, right.
2: are you feeling any kind of a, pressure to finish the call? Because I had a few additional tweaks, but I don't want to. No, I yourself. got another five ten minutes. Okay, um, so in the dichotomy I proposed in the uh, group me, in uh, the second side I said uh, entering as little children in a life changing relationship And one thing I, I think is important is that uh there isn't an intellectual requirement in any of this to be at a certain level and figure to me figuring things out kind of implies that side of things for me but if you know I you've, you've heard what i have to say on that I, if, if yeah, no, figuring yeah, I,
1: I, 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 you know yeah. like i said I, to me the, the 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 essence of figuring things out is mostly unlearning yeah, okay. Right. It's mostly trying to deconstruct the, the things that we have yeah. always assumed to be true. And so I agree yeah. I, I definitely underline with you that I want the goal is to make this more childlike or a thing that a child has an easier time doing yeah. than those of us who are old and crufty. Um right. I definitely am with you there.
2: Well um, I've been thinking about that. Uh, I was out walking and praying this morning and this may be just rational thoughts, but it may uh that um the so I, I've been there's a, well, okay. First, let me go to one very short point. Uh, in the translation you chose, the Passion translation for our study, mm-hmm. where you had uh, the three references Jesus says to um, uh, Peter, uh, Simon, son of John, or so whatever, however it's phrased.
1: Right, do you copy me and then do you play on me?
2: But then, but the name that he uh, uses, Simon. Um, Mm. And then Simon, and then in the third reference under the Passion Translation, it was Peter. And we yeah. made some, some of the discussion was around that. But I looked through all the other translations and I looked back at the Greek and I have, an, I don't know if it's called an interlinear, but it's got verse by verse all of the yeah. variants in the different Greek manuscripts. And there's none of them that have that change. They're all the same. Uh, wording for uh, Peter's name
0: oh, in all three
2: of the references. So uh, it seems like that's a translation where somebody took liberty and we were making yeah. more of that than is, uh, is helpful. Um, Funny, so, yeah, because
1: I chose that one because they, they did a better job of distinguishing between the different words for love.
0: Right. But, right. And, and know,
1: that, so anyway, yeah, and this is always helpful. This, this this is one of the things that I was always I, I I I get uh tie myself to not to because like on the one hand, you want to just focus on the passage and just what it says and take the translation as it is and not worry about the Greek and the Hebrew because that can lead to these all these incredibly recursive analyses. Right. On the other hand, you know, it is sometimes nice to be able to say, Well, no, that is isn't the Greek, no, that's not in the Greek so that you avoid certain red herrings oh well
2: it, it, it doesn't doesn't bother me but i i want to bring it to your awareness so that for the future yeah, you know no. uh, i like the recording of the study enough that i'm likely to recommend others you know, you know watch it and learn from this process with us and i've been thinking welcome to course, yeah ma'am.
1: I, I i definitely hope that we will look back in a month and say oh no, that was really clumsy and this new format is way much more streamlined and effective and easy to learn, but we'll see where we go. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, the one benefit of something that's stumbling is other people feel like they could do better than they do. It. <laughs> if it's too abolished. Too people feel like, Oh, well, that's beyond what I can do. So it's unrealistic. No. Oh, um, yeah. No, well,
1: I, I, my, my motto is to do awesome stuff badly. Yeah,
2: um, but, yeah, that's yeah the, the, I my,
1: the one thing I do watch, I, I, more than perfection though, is watchability. I want to make, I'm hoping that to create something where people can feel like they're following along and that the audio and the format isn't right. so confusing that they, uh, yeah. So anyway, the good news is we will have all that's versions recorded and so hopefully we will find one that hits the sweet spot for various people.
2: Yeah, I think with some of these, uh, you could clip the first part out and pick up where we finished some of the, uh, waiting for the video to come on and therefore, uh, uh Facebook, what is it, uh, YouTube Live to, uh, appear back in the feedback loop. But, um, the, uh, so as, as I was anyway walking and listening this morning, I was thinking this is the first time this thought occurred to me that, um, so in general in movements, you're trying to do something that's readily reproducible among among the lost. But I think what you're working on, Ernie, is something that can help, can be readily reproducible among believers to bring us into more relationship and less just intellectual learning, uh, more application or obedience and less spectatorism and uh but it's, it, it's that corrective may be a, sli- a, a significantly or at least slightly different emphasis from what you would emphasize with uh the lost and on the side of the lost um here's what i uh, just wrote down so uh, pretty short um so uh, uh this is writing as jesus writing to me you, Robbie, live amidst diversity that can fuel division or unity. My desire is that they may become one, even as I and my father are one. I am guiding your thoughts about how to engage your neighbors toward building unity. So I've been thinking of writing a little flyer, and I wrote out some of the possible contents here that I could use to try and initiate interaction here locally. Uh, so here's what I wrote. Our country, our country is deeply divided. How can it become united? by learning to listen and collaborate. Uh, mm. And then uh, uh, in opposition to the Antifa kind of thing, I'm suggesting unitive, unity and diversity. Mm. Uh, so uh, the, I might label these the values. We're diverse yet united in seeking a better future. We seek to understand and respect each other. We choose to listen and to serve one another. And uh, then I I adapted, Oops. Uh, oh, uh, hang on. Uh, oops. Okay, my daughter was just calling, but I've canceled her. You're still there, Ernie?
1: Yeah, I'm still here.
2: Okay. So these four questions I adapted, of uh, were inspired by things that we've interacted with in your study. Mm. Uh, we listened. to So there's uh, maybe again a value we listen to understand. What do you think? Mm. Why do you think that? Why is that important to you and what do you need? Those are four questions that just kind of flowed mm. out to if I were to gather neighbors, you know, I use this as a basic basis for, and then we state the answers. We, we, we summarize what the other has said to their satisfaction. We affirm what we like. We wonder aloud about how things could be better. Mm. And we collaborate around our agreements. Um, yeah,
1: that's good. Yeah. I really like that framing from Steve about I like and I wonder.
0: Yeah, Definitely. yeah, I think. very right.
1: positive opening. I like that one there. Yeah. That's where I mean, From my perspective, you know, the, well, the hope is, is that we get something that works well among Christians. I mean, I'm at this point in my life where I don't necessarily draw a big distinction between the Christians and the lost. Um, yeah. B- because, you know, we, the, the premise is kind of like we all have some crude understanding of who we think Jesus is and uh, we need to encounter him more directly yeah. to break break off a lot of those unhealthy pre-associations
2: Yeah, so I, I want to be sensitive to those that don't regard the scripture as a mm. source that they want to reference um, yeah. and have an entry level that's uh, suitable for them so there's nothing in here about the Bible um, yeah. but this is just the way to begin connecting with neighbors uh, see if the Lord wants to do something in the maybe six months before we move if we, we're we thinking about buying a lot and building so we've got mm. maybe a few months if we go that route so All right. anyway we probably go. Yeah. thank Unless you very you much for any the any time fun, Robbie. Let me just pray, Father, as we thank sure. you that uh you've given us your spirit, that you've given us your son, and with him all things. And uh we just lay hold of this relationship that we might walk uh as those who as sheep who hear and follow uh, our master's voice, and that uh you might be fully glorified in us as we do this. Guide Ernie as he guides this group, and we ask that you produce something that can have broad and wide Impact throughout your body and out to the nations for Jesus' sake, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right.
1: All
2: right. Thank you,
1: Robbie.
2: You. Bye. Right. Yeah. Talk
1: to you soon. It's okay. it's okay if I put this up on the podcast. This is all recorded on my.